Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the whole wide world. I welcome you today to Wow for the Show. This is the live podcast and outreach of Rehoboth Institute of the Arts. My name is Phyllis. I am the co-host this morning, and our host will be Ms. Anna King. We're in a series titled Apples of Gold, Reading Through Proverbs. We are today in chapter 28. Wow. We have dined daily for now the 27 full days, and we're in the 28th. We're so very pleased that you are here and that you're joining us. It has been a delectable experience. The Lord has really, really instructed us. And you know what? In all that we read and understand in God's realize that he is keeping his promise. He promised to take us to heaven. He promised to give us the inheritance of our salvation. He promised that he would finish the good work that he has begun in us. And he is definitely doing just that. We're so very thankful to God this morning. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, Phyllis. How are you? I am. Thank you, Jesus. I am fine. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing well. Um, You know, I stayed up with a group of wonderful people. Maybe you did too last night. And so (laughs) I woke up this morning like, oh, I I just left a good conversation. Now I'm about to have another one. Here we are. I know it's. it has been really a very, very what? How do you call a month with Jesus? It's almost like we've been on retreat, you know, though we've been able to continue our daily vicissitudes. But um, we've just had some really, really good discussions. We've heard some great exposition of the Proverbs. We have ourselves been hit with the Proverbs uh, such that we all are contemplating. I do believe that God is good. And we've had many, many wonderful visitors from many, many different places. I wish I knew all of them, but uh, here we are, or and here we are again. And the Lord is doing what He will do. I'm going to cease to dis, uh, you know, to to chatter on and uh, and place it in your good and uh, capable hands. Well, thank you. It's good to be here this morning, Lord. I just thank you as I pray. God, that once again, you would um, be gracious to us, Lord Jesus. I've heard people say, oh, God is always gracious and he always extends grace. But Lord, you know, I mean, be kind to us again. Um, Obviously, we're not good, but we've been saved, Lord Jesus, and we've been raised up for your own good pleasure. And so we ask for your graciousness and being able to understand your word this morning and to take it with us. I'm so appreciative of all the time so far. We remembered more Proverbs in a week than we probably had in a long while. And so this is a good thing. We thank you, Lord, that we are feasting on you. And I ask for understanding for all of us and that we would do well this day because of your word to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's look at Proverbs 28. And actually, my voice is not so groggy, but it just seemed to get that way just now. So bear with me. We're reading Proverbs 28, and I'll uh, say that the contrast here continue. I know that Phyllis said once before that the Proverbs, it stopped, and there was another speaker, and then Solomon seems to come back in. So we're still, we're back where Solomon seems to be the writer of the Proverbs, if I didn't miss something, in this chapter. And I have six verses that I will point out just as a heads up to everybody where we're going. After I read the full scripture, we'll only look at six this morning. So thank you. Um, 28.1, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. For the transgression of a land, many are the princes thereof. But by a man of understanding and knowledge, the state thereof shall be prolonged. A poor man that oppresseth the poor is like a sweeping rain, which leaveth no food. They that forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. Evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. Better is the poor 
that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is a companion of riotous men shall shame his father. He that by usury and unjust gain increaseth his substance, he shall gather it for him that will pity the poor. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. Now that's an interesting one. I hadn't noted, but it's something to really consider. If we turn our ears away from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. Wow. Verse 10, whoso causeth the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit, but the upright shall have good things in possession. The rich man is wise in his own conceit, but the poor that hath understanding searcheth him out. When righteous men do rejoice, there is great glory. But when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Happy is the man that feareth alway, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. As a roaring lion and a raging bear, so is a wicked ruler over the poor people. The prince that wanteth understanding is also a great oppressor, but he that hateth covetousness shall prolong his days. A man that doeth violence to the blood of any person shall flee to the pit. Let no man stay him. Whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved, but he that is perverse in his ways shall fall at once. He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. And again, that's not a highlighted one, but it's a really good one. He that tilleth his land shall have plenty. And I know we've talked about labor, the profit of labor, as opposed to the slothful or the lady, lazy or the sluggard. But he that followeth after vain persons, people who actually are either uh, self-absorbed or in this case, vanity, um, living a life of things that really come to naught, the vain person shall have poverty enough and a lot of times the vain line up with the slothful or those who are not diligent in their way a faithful man shall abound with blessings but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent to have respect of persons is not good for for a piece of bread that man will transgress and i'll say here that's self-explanatory. We've all understood having respect of persons, but it's interesting for a piece of bread will transgress to basically be in with those who we feel like um, we have a higher regard for. It is a true thing that you will transgress. You will go out of your way and go out of the way. Oftentimes when we fall into having respect in a higher uh, sort of regard and attention toward people for certain reasons, oftentimes it can lead us into a, 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 a way of transgression. And that's a big word, but if you break it down, I think we'll find that we've all maybe sort of touched into that realm. He that hasteneth, verse 22, he that hasteneth to be rich hath an evil eye. And that's hastening to be rich, not being rich, but you hasten to be rich, you have an evil eye. Oftentimes you're considering not that poverty shall come upon you. He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with his tongue. Whoso robbeth his father or his mother and saith, it is no transgression. The same is the companion of a destroyer. He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. When the wicked rise, men hide themselves, but when they perish, meaning the wicked, the righteous increase. 
So let's take a look at just again, I think I just have six verses and that's just to kind of let you know, I'll be here all day. Um, but nonetheless, these I think were the verses that stood out for me. And as I always say, if anything resonated with you, I find it very helpful to highlight, you know, just circle that, mark it a, a little bit, go back and mull over that because that's our word from God for us today. And, you know, it behooves you to, 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 to listen to that word to you, even though we are expounding on things that um, I'm highlighting here today. Let's go to one that I think um, maybe there are a couple I thought were pretty hard. I'll go with uh, in order. Verse three. As a matter of fact, yes, I'm going to save um, 23 for last. So we'll go in order. Verse three now. It says, a poor man that oppresses the poor is like a sweeping rain which leaves no food. So I thought that was very interesting. And I thought about the sweeping rain that leaves no food. And quickly I'll say, what's happening here is uh, what is being destroyed, the, the what, destroying what or who is meant to be your advocate. That's the idea here. You've got, uh, versus the poor man oppressing the poor. Who more than uh, my fellow poor man <laughs> should understand my state? But when he comes and then oppresses me, you know, it's like the rain that's supposed to be the advocate of the crop, then taking away the crop. So you have destroying what or destroying who is meant to be your or the advocate of the situation. Um, and I thought that was very interesting that that happened. I heard a tale a long time ago. I think that was Robbie too. But nonetheless, you have the women who are sweeping out their huts and the huts are made of dirt. And even in, the idea was that even in that place, people become prideful, no matter where you are in your station of life, whether you're rich or in the middle or down at the, the low end of the pole, people have a tendency to have like competition and oppress one another and have jealousy and get mad with them, no, no matter where they are in life. And so here I get a picture of that. We're both sweeping our our floor is not even recognizing that, hey, what we're sweeping is not some sort of fashionable floor. We're both sweeping dirt, yet there's contention there. And so you have like the, you're the poor man who becomes the oppressor of the poor. You're supposed to be advocating for one another, particularly if you know you're in a hard place. You become like the sweeping rain, which leaves no food. We look for rain to water the ground so that food grows, but if it's an overwhelming amount or if it oppresses the ground, there is no food. So I thought that was one to think about. If you find yourself in a position that's like unto somebody else, maybe we can reconsider how we treat one another and be an advocate to the degree that it's reasonable instead of um, oppressing. Uh, let's go to six. Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways. I wanted to highlight that word perverse again. I know oftentimes we use that uh, word I have. And I think of the yuckiest, most ugliest, vilest thing. And that is true because to be perverse literally is you're turning your side from a right thing, a right path. You're being obstinate in the wrong. I'm not only wrong, I'm obstinate in the wrong. Just being mm. contrary literally is a good synonym for perverse. But I know, you know, we think about it again as the most uh, vile things. And that's rightly so because vile things are contrary to good. Um, I like, uh, and I'm going to quote this one, desire to behave in a way that's unacceptable or unreasonable, often in spite of the circumstances. So we're looking here, you're in spite of the circumstances, we've got verse six, uh, better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways. So it's saying, better for the poor to rock, walk in the uprightness. Okay, I get it. But the irony is that people prefer, I think, often to be rich with a little bit of perverseness than <laughs> to be upright and ungodly with a little in terms of our material station in life. Even when our consciences are bothered. I hear, see, we all do television. If you never heard or saw it, you have TV. <laughs> and the, the, the TV shows, the sitcoms, the soap, everything, the movies. A little perverseness. Mm -hmm. We compare ourselves with the next man's perverseness. And if it's not as bad in my eyes, or even if it's as bad, I've got companions, you know, so as long as I'm getting things and moving forward, I'm in a bet. We kind of settle and being in a better place in life. Again, I, I, I'm not picking on anybody, honestly, but it is a very hard thing for me to see somebody 
hooked on drugs and uh, or buying or selling. I knew early on in my life that that was a hard deal before I even understood it. So the conscience, even if it's bothered, they still will do that because I feel like my life is better. This is owed me. I'm doing it's so self sad gratifying, period. So, mm. you know, the irony again is that we prefer to be rich with a little perverseness, however you want to define that, than to be upright mm. with a little. And that is what I even know a gentleman uh, right now who's, you know, toyed with that for sure. Though he went to college, I helped him basically write his personal statement to get into graduate studies. And still that temptation is there when he is low to go in and to accept what's unreasonable. And that is less, but have a clear conscience and way of life than to try to get more because I'm tired of this. I don't like that, man, that, you know, really looking outside of the fact that labor at work is what it is, dude, this is how it is for all of us. And you resisting that because it's hard. <laughs> and so I thought we should pay attention that to, to, to this one. Um, it says again, the poor man is better than he that is perverse in his ways, though he does attain to the material wealth of this world. And I know that's one we could probably read over and go, oh, I understand that and just move on. Better is the poor in his uprightness, amen. But honestly, I feel like we all are tempted here. We're all tempted to accept something a little out of the way um, sometimes. Or once we have done the thing that's out of the way or contrary, as long, we're in a new place so we tell ourselves, we'll start fresh, we'll do better. But the temptations unfortunately keep coming for us to lie, still cheat, whatever, compromise in some way. And I shudder oftentimes in my own life to say, God, you know, I really, I want to stand before you, but I don't want to stand before you because it's the little things <laughs> that I um, mm -hmm. may, you know, fall on my face with and never again get up. So again, just let's maybe, you know, seek for thing God understands, right? You can seek after whatever you want, but do it in a way that doesn't cause you to compromise. Take the lesser paycheck, okay, if it's going to keep your mm. conscience clean than the extra $5,000 on that salary, really, you know, and I'm mm. talking to all of us. Mm. All right, so verse eight, <clears throat> verse eight, he that by usury and unjust gain increaseth his substance, he shall gather it for him that will pity the poor, where that sort of, I didn't even plan for it to come right on the heels of what I just said, but nonetheless, usury just refers to, you know, high interest, um, it was justified in some context, even under uh, context, even under the law, to add an interest to something. And under certain contexts, you shouldn't make the person pay back something and add on and uh, an increase uh, the interest. But by usury and unjust gain, we understand that um, he that by usury and unjust gain increases his substance. That happens. We understand that. Uh, but he shall gather it for him that will pity the poor. So quickly, that money gotten, ill-gotten, as I feel like my mom would have actually put it that way, ill-gotten <laughs> by unfair interest, <laughs> extortion, or cheating. He's only gathering for the ultimate time when God will provide for those who lack. And I know it's hard to take comfort some days when you're hungry. <laughs> And you've got children there or you've got a bill that's paid and you're facing eviction and you go, yeah, someday <laughs> I will get it in heaven. You know, why was that helping me today? Mm -hmm. What will I do tomorrow? Um, and we say words like ultimately or in heaven or all that. But sometimes it doesn't even wait that, you know, it doesn't happen. It, you don't have to wait till heaven. <laughs> but we do have mm -hmm. to stand strong and say that, hey, I can't live with myself. We have to actually tell ourselves that even if I don't feel that way, tell me, I don't want to live with myself and try to be like the person who's in, you know, the wrong, I'm looking at people get things unfairly. And so, you know, but, but they are doing that. And again, death happens tomorrow. There was a family at a church and I don't know why I think about them, um, but they were just, she was driving her daughter to school. She left the son. She's in an accident. She and her daughter are gone. You know, they're not old, they weren't sick, <laughs> whatever the case, you know, death could happen. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the ultimate is all, you know, ultimately is at your front door, <laughs> like you're there. So mm -hmm. let's take heart and pray and ask God to have provision for us um, and not to be the extortioners. And then at the same time, um, 
remembering that he does have the last word. And that's just how it is. Um, so 13, let's go to 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them, meaning those sins, shall have mercy. And that's, uh, you know, that, that this is what I'm trying to bring down to the practical, you know, kitchen table for all of us. Um, I think of this in many ways, but one way we can look at this scripture um, is just what happens in our day-to-day life again. Covering sin, uh, particularly when we're, if we're Christians, because, you know, obviously then not only does the conscience excuse and accuse, uh, the Holy Spirit now has been invited in and he's grieved and you know, you know, you just know more so than you knew before you accepted God's salvation. So covering our sin and not prospering, think about that. Are we not prospering because somehow we're keeping secret sins in the closet? Um, you know, you may not have the answer, but go ahead and think of something from the past or the present and ask yourself, is this a hindrance before me and my God? There are lots of scriptures actually that speak to, um, you know, one, uh, going before God with ought against, you know, something against your brother. So then we've got in the Lord's Prayer, you know, not even, um, well, not, that's not in the Lord's Prayer, but not even coming before uh, in church with your offering before you go and make peace with your brother, whether they have something against you or you have something against them. Meaning either way, it's your turn. And I got that your turn thing from Stephen Davey. Either way, it's your turn to go make amends, whether it's against them. So here, if we're covering sin, even unforgiveness, and that's a hard one. I'm going to tell you right now, this is if you break this down to apply to every little aspect of your life, if you're covering any sin, like even unforgiveness, um, then what happens here? We're not prospering. Even our communication with God could be, you know, tainted in that hour. Um, if we confess, though, and forsake whatever is sin in our life, then mercy will come. We can't ask for mercy if we're saying we're not doing anything. What do you need mercy for? You're in the right, <laughs> you know. Oh, my bad. I'm actually not in the right. <laughs> I do need mercy. So I was just thinking about that in a couple of practical ways um, and that it's hard. And my note here is that, you know, that's a hard thing if you really break it down. It's hard. And the Bible does say, and it's affected me many years, um, he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, and James, to him it is sin, James says. Um, mm. what, is, what you're going through, if you have deemed this a heavy in your life, it could be that you're walking in a way of sin. Um, you know, for the other person, maybe not. Don't worry about them. <laughs> Just worry about what's laying on in your life. So let's not cover our sins. Let's think about that in light of how we prosper spiritually in terms of just talking to God in the morning. How do we prosper in other ways in our lives? Only God can know to what degree and what extent this really goes. So let's confess, let's forsake regularly, work out our salvation with fear and trembling, and God will have mercy. So let's go to 17. A man that doeth violence to the blood of any person shall flee to the pit, let no man stay him. And this one sort of rung out to me because, again, if I don't, if I say, oh, this is probably one that would be read over, um, I start thinking about it. And all of a sudden I go, oh, this is applicable. But this is also a hard one. Literally, I believe it is saying this. If a man, say, guilty of murder, that man guilty of you know the bloodshed if he has done violence to the blood, like being a murderer, there could be another type, to the end that the consequence for that person is awaiting him or her, don't try to protect them from the consequence. We may not ignore the soul of anybody I remember I saw the movie Dead Man Walking. It was really good, regardless of the mm. theology of the Catholic Church. That man was going to death mm. row and to his soul. And they, they called in and they're praying and trying to actually, we, we get a lot in that movie to see whether or not he's really guilty of the crime or not. Will there be confession and forgiveness of 
his sin so that his soul would be saved before he died. And it was so impacting. So ignoring the soul of the person is not what's going on here. Employing him um, to seek God for forgiveness is good. And even when we uh, do something out of the way, illegal, whatever the thing may be, even a murderer, his life is important to God. And even when he faces the consequences, it is right for us to seek out what will benefit his soul first. And I'm saying that not because I, you know, I say that with a great deal of understanding about what is it like to protect my child, my brother, Mm. my spouse, my friend, or just the man down the street who I know was a good guy for the last 20 years and now they're taking him away. I get that, but I believe the Bible is saying not what I feel, but what it is in terms of the way God wants to sort of really bring home to us the importance of not being these things. Okay. Um, Solomon is telling Mm -hmm. this to his son. So we won't fall in this way if we're guilty. And I can look at that and if I'm guilty of making a decision in my life and I know I've got this from people who love me, the consequence is there. And there's actually only so much they can do to shield me from the consequence. So it says here, though, do not stay him. And that literally means do not try to protect him from the consequence. Even if you look at it here in 17, I can read it in a couple different ways. Um, You've got you laden with the guilt even of human blood. Uh, You'll be a fugitive unto your death. Let no man support him. No matter how I read it, we're not to go in and try to then impose a protection for a type of just reward. At the same time, I under, we understand and God knows that we cry out for mercy. But the person actually who isn't even in Christ Jesus, when we cry for mercy, it's us, the righteous, who cry for mercy. Sometimes it's not even the person who cries for mercy. So, you know, let's ponder over what this is and say, hey, Lord, yes, what you have required, what you allow in consequences is hard. Doesn't make it not right, though. And I'm going to say it doesn't make him not right, even just because it's hard for me. So again, this scripture, um, the scripture might be hard. A man that does violence to the blood um, of any person shall flee to the pit, but let no man stay him. Let no man stay him. He's a fugitive. He's likened to a fugitive but let no one support him. So maybe be prayerful if this comes up, if you see anything, hear anything, and it reminds you of this, you know, go to God in prayer for a wisdom on how to pray and then on the person's life and ultimately just how we respond. So 23, um, 23. 23 says, he that rebukes a man afterwards shall find more favor and i will say after that last one i think uh when we talk about things we think about things in our own experience so for some that may not lay too heavy on you for others it may lay heavy because you think hey this reminds me of you know for me it does so i want to say with a great deal of pure love as pure as it can get in the name of jesus Um, I say that, but in my own life, I've had to say, hey, but what if you're wrong, girl? (laughs) It's not about Mm. so much what you feel. And that's why you fall down and say, God, forgive me. Help me. But it didn't mean he did not allow me to suffer some consequences. That's all I'm saying. Mm. So 23 says, He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with his tongue. So I starred this one. Rebuke here. When we see something headed the wrong way, and I say this is one of my practical verses, while it may not sound like, oh, see something or somebody headed in the wrong direction. Sometimes when we try to rebuke the situation, the person usually, that incites, quote, displeasure. (laughs) It does. It does. 
<laughs> parents know it, siblings know it, friends know it, uh, bosses know it at work with the people who are you know, under them and you know, everybody, vice versa. To rebuke anybody, initially, there are very few people who will accept the rebuke and go, oh, gee, I thank you for that. There are people who do that. I appreciate it. It doesn't feel good, but I thank you for you know, calling that out. I'll think about whatever. Many times, though, it incites the displeasure of the one being rebuked. But favor, you get favor. Later, oftentimes, when they remember that you had the courage, the, the, the wherewithal to try to guide them in the right way, rather than doing what happens, I think, more often, at least at the beginning of a situation, flatter the issue. I say we're aiding and abetting, and I kind of really mean that aiding and abetting in the compromise that is happening or the wrong path that's happening, almost pushing you along without pushing you along. And then at the beginning of the process, I say that because sometimes people think later, hey, I should probably speak up. But right off that, we're trying not to risk a relationship. So we offer praise to the person. We um, sort of you know, say, okay, we seem accepting of the person. Um, and I saw a really, um, you know, alarming quote that people probably clap hands at. And it had to do with sometimes, you know, like this coexisting we have um, with um, those who are involved in gay or lesbian relationships. And the, the, the comment after that, and I'm paraphrasing, is that then once you do all these things, then you accept it. And, you know, you're, you're accepting other people. And now they go, that's not wrong. That's not right. <laughs> Your little one-liner there, that little caption you're putting there, that quote, it may sound good, but it's wrong. You don't go and accept something. You may have to allow things to go on, whether you agree or you know, think it's right or not, but I don't accept a wrong just because I coexist with somebody. <laughs> Let me just say that. So here, um, at the beginning, it is good to have rebuke, even though it doesn't feel good, rather than praising a situation or a person for the sake of, and you fill in the blank, am I doing that for keeping relationship? Am I trying just to keep the peace, which I've heard many a day? Um, you know, flattering with your tongue can be a lot of things, but in the context I'm thinking about it this morning is, you know, saying, oh, and I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to step on toes, but I can only use my experience when I was younger <laughs> and a friend and, and this is not picking on people. Let me just make this crystal clear. This has nothing to do with pointing a finger because if you say anything today, people are like, don't judge. And again, I go, you haven't read the full scripture, but nonetheless, I get it. Um, when we were younger and if a girl got pregnant, for instance, and had a baby, oftentimes what I would notice is that, uh, you know, no friend ever said, why did you go do that? Or like, you know, oh, don't do that. Or when we knew something was going on with the girl and the guy, like you hardly say anything, particularly if it's your friend, you sort of jump in the bandwagon. And next thing you know, you guys are shopping for baby items. It's like, come on, you know, really, just because we're in a new day doesn't mean it makes it better for us to do it. Whatever it is, fornication, um, you know, sleeping around, um, smoking behind your parents' back. I got caught from my own mom coming outside. I had a babysitter. Two cousins came to stay two different summers. And you're outside on the front seat when your mom said you were supposed to be in the house for a week. You know, it's a good thing that I was found out. <laughs> um, it's a good thing that we find out on a bunch of fronts. I can think of a bunch of them, <laughs> you know. Um, so instead of flattering somebody down the wrong road, trying to, you know, I'm, I'm going to risk oh, our relationship. And that's a big one. You will have more respect and, 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 and they will appreciate whatever you try to do to keep them from following that path, because it might actually be impacting. They might hear your voice in their mind when they're away from you. Mm. There are a lot of things that you can do to thwart you know, a wrong decision that you don't know just because they got mad at you and they're in front of you. And then you go, oh, I'm sorry. What are you sorry for? How about just if I do it lovingly, hey, I don't want this to destroy us, but I know this could bring destruction. Go that route. And I want to really impress that this morning. Rebuke at the front end. And let's not always just praise 
situations or things that we know are wrong. Um, don't flatter. Don't be too quick to flatter with the tongue because I, I just don't know how you can live too many years and not start to see how that, uh, it's, 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 it's con, you know, it doesn't usually, um, go well. Um, so I just want to pray here to God that you show us Lord Jesus, where we are put in a position where we have the opportunity to speak into somebody's life. Rebuke may sound heavy, but again, the words, we're not, we're not going to go, oh, let's just water down that word because I think it sounds too heavy. Well, whatever it is, at the end of the day, that you're going to call it what you call it, regardless of what I called it. So whatever I'm doing, give me the love of Jesus to confront them. He definitely showed us and who loved better. But when he said things, they were pricked to the heart, the Bible says. Yeah, it, it incited some displeasure. But many of them turned around. I think the thief on the cross thought he was like, I heard of this man, maybe, you know, um, you know, he asked for mercy and God received him that hour. Show us where we're doing that because we can accidentally coddle somebody in something that's an ugly in your sight or that's just going to hurt them. And but show us how to do it in love. Show us how to, you know, give that rose, but not cut their nose off so they can't smell Amen. it. And we will know that at the end, there'll be a greater regard afterward. And we would have done the right thing. Let us not praise that which is unseemly in your sight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Thank so for today, I think the Proverbs, again, continually just sharpening us. The word is like a two-edged sword. Uh, I love that it deeps. You know, gets deep down in, and I, I do pray that we all would look at this in light of our practical daily life, even um, as we look at it in a broader sense. Glory. Praise the Lord. Anna, you've done it again. I tell you, I'm so very, very um, thankful to the Lord for the readers that he has chosen for the book of Proverbs. You know, sometimes when you're reaching out, wanting people to, you know, to join in uh, with a, <laughs> a direction you believe is in your heart. And uh, the folks that you think might come along, don't come along. I've learned, ooh, how I've learned that the Lord knows and he appoints according to the mission that he has and it's not mine so i just am grateful um there's a there's a friend that i thought would read with us you know and um other things were happening in her life which couldn't come along uh two friends as a matter of fact and uh and it's all right it really has been wonderful and even though i feel like i roll in the bed <laughs> <laughs> uh, from the podcast and roll out right back to it. You know, it has been so magnificent. I can't even uh, describe it. And those that you've chosen this morning to uh, kind of, um, I don't want to say exegete, but that's what you've done. You've extracted meaning for us. They, they've been absolutely uh, on point with regards to where we are in the Proverbs. I am amazed that the the stack up, right? Uh, for lack of a better way to describe it, we start with the very meat of the matter of Proverbs. And for those first eight, 10 chapters, we have just a discussion of getting wisdom, what to avoid, kind of, sort of, and how to fear the Lord and what that all means and what wisdom means and where it's crying out, all of those chapters were so very good to read. They are the foundation for then the wisdom sayings that we have read one after another in the next, I don't know, 17, well, maybe not quite 17, maybe 15. Um, oh yeah, no, I'm wrong. Uh, next 10, 12 chapters, okay? And then we start to get re repetition and the repetitions are combining many of the same points into one continuous thought. And now we are uh, 
backing up again to some wisdom sayings, but we have the other Proverbs to inform us in these. And I was listening to you, Anna, as you were explaining, um, not um, this, this last one, as a matter of fact, uh, is one of them, but the last one. And you are just praying that the Lord will allow us to be in our rebuke of others. The word rebuke has a connotation that is a little bit you know, you kind of want to stay away from that word, especially in this present climate of our society. But that word is not uh, is not necessarily a hard word. We rebuke chastisement, reprove all of those, you know, uh, fall into the same category. And however you say truth to a person, when the truth involves highlighting their misstepping or their uh, error in judgment or just you know the condition of their character all of that is going to sting it's going to hurt and therefore <clears throat> the delivery will soften it we have a proverb that says a soft word turneth away wrath now i might sting you you know it's going to sting but at least I may not incite the person to wrath. And oftentimes rebuke from, especially when, when it's coming from someone of, of status or, you know, position, it, it can be very, very hurtful. And, and I'm so glad that you took time with that one. I thank God that you prayed for us in that matter because it can be grievous to the one who has to bear it. And um, love, love your expose. I am not going to go back and open any of the others because I have to be here again this evening uh, with the Proverbs and I shall unfold uh, a, a couple that you, you did not touch on. Mm -hmm. But we again this morning have received so magnanimously uh, from the scriptures. Now, I, I pose a question to everyone. And Anna, you may ask, answer, because you're sitting in the co-host seat. As we have read through the book of Proverbs, have you recognized the cross-reference, O oh glory, to Jesus Christ's life and teachings? And in the epistles that follow, have you seen that these are, I like to call them sound bites <laughs> of the entirety of our interaction with one another. Jesus Christ told us we are to love one another and we will be known by our love. Have you had those cross-references as you read through them, these Proverbs? I know that I, I, know that I have since I'm on the microphone, uh, for sure. It's yes. funny when you're reading through it and your mind goes back. If you read the Gospels enough, all of a sudden you are referencing in your mind, oh, God, scripture from the Gospels that you've didn't know you would reference as much in the Proverbs. So, you know, it's, you know, they coincide with one another, you know, at some point, but it was, that was a really good thing. It's like a little gem that just pops out, you know, as you're reading yeah. and thinking through and all of a sudden you're reminded of the scriptures that you spend quite a bit of time in. And that would be the epistles and the gospels. Um, so, and, and I, I, you, I wanted to say quickly, sort of an aside from that one thing that I, I brought up, like when I was mentioning, you know, giving examples, I wanted to say it could be I'm giving certain types of examples because I also work with students. And for the first time in my life, mm -hmm. I go, oh, these people are younger than I am. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm right there with them. But <laughs> I'm actually talking about some of the big three and four issues that a lot of our youngsters go through, even though there are other examples that I could use. I don't have to point to fornication. I don't have to point to having babies. I don't have to point to you know, certain things. But that is a, mm -hmm. a, a consuming part of life when you're younger and you're in an environment and by the way phyllis yesterday on that uh podcast it is a true thing mm -hmm. like going to college is a cesspool of opportunity and i say cesspool because mm -hmm. while you're you have a large opportunity to go in and do well and study yes it is a great place for that but the minute your eyes shift from your goal. It is a place where a whole lot of ungodliness happens. And so to send your child out mm. there is a brave thing because you don't yes. know. You don't know. So it, it, the culture does present itself in such a way that it encourages promiscuity. And I think that's where I came in yesterday. Yes. And it just does, yes. period. Um, if we can be sinful in our own homes, how much more when I've got company? 
So, mm -hmm. but nonetheless, I just wanted to make that note in case somebody thought, why is she picking? I, I'm only using things that's sort of in the forefront of the experience right. and working with students kind of keeps it there. So, but yes, this that's is right. good cross-reference yes. for the gospels. And it's a wonderful thing. God, I thank you. Hallelujah. I, I, I hear you loud and clear. I've worked, um, you know, in, in high school and middle school and elementary school and in the community and programs. And now I'm at a community college, though I'm virtual more than I am on campus, but I was on campus before COVID hit. And I'm so grateful that God has allowed me to experience a cross section of the society and uh, the little cosmos, you know, those little groups that you get to interact with show you the world. It, it just shows you the world. And I have to say, I was astounded by the uh, excesses from the adults in our children's lives that do not lead our children back to moral life. It is amazing. Um, you're right when you call it a cesspool and it doesn't just exist among the students. It mm -hmm. is even among the intellectuals there, those people oh, sure. who are supposed to be imparting to the children knowledge about whatever they're studying, but they bring in the their own biases and their own thoughts right. about life right. in general. And so right. it is. I, uh, Light Touch writes, I have thoroughly enjoyed the reading of Proverbs, Fresh in Spaces and Amy Kay, and you have been stupendous and enlightening. I love Proverbs. So good, so excellent is our God. Amen. I have been rebuked and reproved, chastised, and set right. I need it. And I love it. It's hard because it's good and necessary. God be praised for his word. I got to say too, Light Touch has, has done a good deal of exegeting herself. Mm -hmm. We have mm -hmm. been extremely blessed in what God has done. And this is the part that I came to I'm, I, this shocks me to no end. And I don't know why it shocks me because I, I should have known this, right? But each of us has come from a sort of different approach in, in the interpretation or the exegesis of these Proverbs. And yet there has been a unity in the, the interpretation. Now, why, does, why is that so amazing for me? Because we're living in a, in a world where on the political scene, we are hearing so much about this Christian life. And that is so skewed. At first, I was so troubled by it. And I prayed and I asked the Lord to open my eyes so that I could see myself. If I'm wrong, Lord, show me so that I can hear what is being said. And, and we went on and we went on and we went on. And finally, I'm thinking, there's no way that we could stand at opposite poles on the matter of Jesus Christ and the life that he has given to us. Now, everybody on either side of this political thought is not correct. There's wrong over on both of them, but the overpowering voice is given to make the world believe that that is Jesus Christ but there are flaws there. And that's why it's important, I believe, to begin to get down into the depths of our faith, to really understand what the Lord is speaking and how we should be in relationship with other people. I myself do not hold to any political party's thought. I am a Christian. I do extract my way of life and my, my template from the word of God as best I can and pray that God will let me hear him when the time comes for me to stand or to speak. Um, and yet we have this, this, this presentation, right? And uh, so the, I believe that the voice of Christians needs to be active in communities so that we are doing exactly what you're saying, Anna, this morning. And <clears throat> that, that is drawing people to the, the full gospel drawing us and not the, the cherry picking of those things which support the direction you want mm -hmm. to go in. Remember, Anna, you said, I'm sorry, I, I, I just cannot. Sometimes it's better to be quiet than to open our mouths and present mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. heresy. 
And that's what happens, mm-hmm. a little truth with a little opinion, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that, that begets heresy. The Lord has done a great and marvelous thing in salvation. And what he won't do, glory to his name, is leave us in the cesspool. I don't care how good we think we are, how well-dressed we are, what the name of the church is, how great the pastor is, mm-hmm. all the preachings that come forth. It is all about you and it's all about me. And God digs deep and it is the collective of the purified individual, which he's doing in gradual stages because there's no way we can look at ourselves and 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 live. I could not That's see right. myself as the person that I was and not just fall flat on the on the floor. The Lord chose a particular moment in time when he through his word did that and it was me and him when nobody there was nobody else involved in that. Mm-hmm, and see, so we've all had our moment in time with the Lord and we have a witness of that. That's what keeps us and then learning to hear him, learning to be guided by him, not cherry picking the word, but using the entirety of God's word, which is why all about the book club, we go from Genesis to Revelation, word by word and in prayer and study line upon line, (laughs) precept upon precept, because I don't want to be a cherry picker. I really don't. I don't think that will gain me. Who is that said the other day? Uh, who I was? Oh, I know I'm editing with, with with my good buddy, right? She's written a brilliant book. This book is amazing. It's wonderful. She um, and I'm not going to tell much more than that, but I want you to know every chapter in her book, of which there are 18, we can lift out and in and of itself be a study in how to experience hardship. She has God has just done a thing there. He's really done it. But she says. Better to face the fear of who you are or whatever you're going through, I add that, than to lie to yourself. And I used to say it to my children. Better to agree with God that you are the sinner that you are and and have confessed those individual sins as he shows them to you. Better to do that than to pretend that you're absolutely all right. Because you're not. Mm-hmm. And no, I remember Eve. You remember Eve Fenton, one of the best worship leaders I've ever been under in my life as well. Deep worship we would experience under. She is now deceased. But Eve said, if we could see the condition of ourselves as uh, sinners, we would look like we've been hit with a mat truck, smashed and mangled and mauled. That's who we are. That's who we are. And there's no sense putting on a great suit, you know, or are looking real good and walking around pretending. I like the open book that God has caused me to become. It is much easier for me now to receive reproof and rebuke. I bless the Lord for you this morning. This has been again just sweet and good. And Light Touch writes again, life without God is meaningless. Absolutely. Let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Go ahead, talk to me, girl. God, and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. And you're right, Ecclesiastes, we did the book. Oh, Lord, grant me wisdom from above that I might find the life that is your precepts and you. I love that. Um, And in Jesus' holy name, amen. 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 It's love. It's love that does what God is doing in us. It's his love for us. He will return for a church without spot or wrinkle. Think on it. The church, those people who he will collect and gather up, that he calls the church, his body, will be without spot or a wrinkle. And so we must dive in. We've got to take this journey. We have to allow the scathing that comes along with it to cleanse and purify our innermost being. And then spending that time with the Lord, we fall in love with him. No greater love, no greater love, not even one. There's no greater love for us. And once we have really, really accepted and experienced the embrace of our Father, we will also be in great love with Him. 
and thank him for every good and perfect gift because he only gives the good and the perfect. Hallelujah. We have dined sufficiently this morning. It has been amazing. And I am so thankful to the Lord for what he's doing in this season. As I announced before, Pastor John Thomas is with us every Wednesday night at eight o'clock. And I'm telling you, if you want to get really into the depths, dive in there and let Pastor Thomas guide us in discussion. That's what I love about the man. He is so willing, so able to allow us to talk, which honest to goodness in my whole experience since I left Catholicism, you know, I was Catholic and I love the fellowship of the church that the Lord had me in uh, from, you know, early on, because we could talk, <laughs> we could discuss things, we could ask the questions and the priest was available to respond. And then I come over to, you know, and I believe I'm in, in, in the right place, the, the, but the Protestant church, and I'm saying fellowship is very, very slim. It's very superficial in the churches that I've been in, not all of them. And I, then I meet Pastor Thomas all these years, and I see a man who's open and willing and cares. He's a, he has a pastor's heart. I have another friend who has a pastor's heart. They're there. They're on the spot. You can give a call. You can get prayer. They are, they're with you, and they are caring for whether you get to heaven or not, by the way. <laughs> and it's not just a Sunday sermon which sometimes you just really need to delve into the Sunday sermon and say, what did you mean by that? I'm reading, I don't get it. And they're not afraid for you to read the Bible. In fact, it is greatly encouraged because without knowing the word of God, how can we live according to his, his leading and his guiding? How can you know the voice of the spirit if you do not know God's word? Because the spirit of God is not telling you something that God is not already revealing. You see, you, got to, you just got to know him and he's speaking it to your ear in a way that you can hear and be guided by it. But okay, I get off on another tangent there. I tell you, it's been good and I thank the Lord for it. And we're going to go off rejoicing uh, because God has, has uh, he has given to us amazingly, right? And uh, by the grace of God, we will reconvene here this evening at 8.30. By the way, uh, this is chapter 28. And I'm telling you, you want to come on Sunday because if all goes well, there would be a great testimony. And I want you to hear it from someone that I really, really, really love also in the flesh and uh, who has been given to the Lord uh, a great, a great brilliance in both craft and understanding. So come, if you will. And we're going to have a young man read again. Haven't we loved hearing those little young voices, those male voices, nothing like a man's voice proclaiming or reading God's word. I have something about it for me and I love it. Honest sons. How about that? I love it. Ethan and Daniel both came and we're going to have another young man who I love. He's sweet as apple pie. He will read for us on Saturday evening. The Lord God bless you in your day, wherever you are. And remember that the heavens are declaring his glory, his glory, right? Remember that his law is perfect. Nothing wrong with the Lord God. Nothing that would ever lead you down a wrong path. It will always lead you into the hope and the joy that you quest for anyway. May you have a great day and I'll see you back. Okay. Thanks, Anna. Thank you so much. Thank you to all of you who have joined us in the studio today. Ms. Light Touch, um, Pastor John Thomas, Sharina, I just love that you come. Praise the Lord. I don't know who else is here. Um, some people came in. Let's see. Oh, radio, radio parlesque. That's beautiful. I love that handle, radio. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Come again every morning at nine o'clock, every night at 830, except Sunday, we are at two o'clock. May the Lord be praised. <laughs>